Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. It's been a while since you and I. It has been it? a while. It's been. Well, you were on the last two episodes weeks. with Quint, but yes. you were out for a little bit when Quint and I, I was out for together. the holidays. Yeah, stuck in Texas for a couple days. Uh, yeah, you got in all that Southwest mess. I was. Yeah, yeah it sorted out though. People had it much worse than we did. We just got more time with family. <laughs> there you go. Fun. It's good. More time with the in-laws. I mean, yeah. you had a ball. It's awesome. <laughs> What else is new in your life? What are you doing in uh, 2023 now? It's New Year, uh, in the midst of winter now, so yeah, just hanging out. How did uh, how did your fantasy team end this year? I ended in fifth place. Okay, I think so. You place. made the playoffs. I made the playoffs. I did okay. I had a tough season because um, my wide receiver, what was his name? Um, the Cooper Cup. Yes, mm. he got hurt. Uh, somewhere along the line, so that didn't do well. The first game, I think my starting quarterback for San Francisco got hurt. Oh, so yeah. I had injuries all over the place. Yeah. My boy is too delicate to be playing foosball and whatever you call it with them gargantuans. That was respectable. <laughs> he did I than me. had a terrible game, um, the game before the fifth place game. So playoff game, the first playoff game, basically. Okay, and you just got knocked I had out. A t- I had a terrible game, so... Yeah, I was. I thought I had a chance at third. The top two guys did amazing. Did the guy that won like ten straight end up winning your game, your league? So it was a close game going into the game that decided things, which was unfortunately the um, the game that got canceled. Oh, man. so uh, that was a big decider for our final, so forth. So, which is no big deal in the midst of everything that oh, happened. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, uh, so the guy that won uh, was the second place going into the playoffs. And oh man, I'm trying to see like where the standings were. Um, so going into the playoffs, the top guy was 11 and three for the season, and the second place guy was 10 and four for the season. So wow. they were just dominative all season. They ended up playing each other in the end, which was kind of cool. That's crazy, but also like no drama. <laughs> yeah, just the strong guys went all the way, and it ended up the 10 and four guy um, took it home. But okay. it's hard to say what would have happened. Yeah, yeah, in that particular hmm. game, which is okay. Right, it is what it sure. is. Okay, if you had. If you had to say right now, I know you're not a huge football fan, but if you had a Super Bowl prediction, I think this will come out really close to Super Bowl time. So what what would be your prediction? Well, Quint's all jazzed about the the Buffalo, right? Oh, yeah, he's huge. Um, I have a lot of friends up in Philly, and I had a couple Philly players on my fantasy team, Mm -hmm. and they looked strong at times, even when they had like their substitute quarterback. Yeah, the Eagles are strong. They're so, um, and I think they're going into the playoffs in a good position. They don't play the first week yeah, of the playoffs. So, uh, I'm not super confident because they also crumble under pressure, it seems like, <laughs> having the, had them on my fantasy team. But I'm going to go with them. Shout out to my Philly friends. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think the, you know, local flavor, Bengals are pretty good. They're hitting it at the right time. But um, Kansas City and Buffalo will be good on that side. But I do think... And I'm I'm kind of rooting for the Bengals because my Packers got knocked out. So I'm kind of rooting for the Bengals a little bit to see if they yeah, can make it. Packers. But I think on the NFC side, 49ers are going to be tough to beat, and I think the Eagles are pretty good. So I think it'll be one of those two teams. But I'm hoping, I'm kind of hoping for the Bengals. We'll see if they do well. Because then a lot of our 
friends and my close family that are huge Bengals fans will be happy. So I would root for them just because they're the closest team. Yeah, I, it's kind of like by so, default. I mean, I'll go with primarily the Philly team for my Philly friends. Mm-hmm. Secondarily, if they don't make it, I'll go with the Bengals because they're close. <laughs> And then, but we're not really cheering for Buffalo, except Quint. Quint's going nuts for Buffalo. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be if the Buffalo ends up in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. then it'll depend for me who's playing them and if they're <laughs> appealing the roof or not. I have no stake in the game. I don't care yeah, no. at all. Well, okay, all right. We've we've done a lot of that was a lot, lot of bro talk. talk today. Sorry, that's it was it was some heavy bro talk. So let's get My to our depth question of knowledge for the day. on football. It is from Valerie. Valerie. What do you got? D-I-Y! Hi, this is Val from Columbus. I'm in my 40s and I invest with Vanguard. I max out my Roth IRA in a target date fund. I'm starting to build my brokerage account, which is mostly in a Vanguard 500 index fund, but I may add to it with a mid-cap fund to diversify. The portfolio analysis recommends adding international and foreign stocks, but also foreign bonds. Is having bonds in my brokerage account recommended? Thanks. All right, Daniel. So a couple things to unpack there from Val. Um, she's talking about the brokerage account versus 401k retirement savings and how you kind of decide what the different allocations should be in there. So she's pretty heavily into kind of the large cap in her, in her brokerage account. Sounds like target date funds and things on the retirement side. What's your thoughts? Yeah. Um, you have to really understand what the purpose of bonds, otherwise known as fixed income really is in your portfolio and then allocate it into your portfolio based upon your goals for the funds and the role that bonds play in that. Okay. Was that ambiguous enough? Yeah. I have, What does that mean? <laughs> sure. So first and foremost, with every dollar that you save or invest, there should be some type of goal. Like it's working for something. Mm-hmm. Primarily, people will save for retirement. So they'll put money in Ross, 401ks, whatever. And it's just like, I'm putting money here. It's going to grow. Someday I'm going to use it. And that's about the extent of how much they think about it. So they'll use a target date fund, which automatically then allocates you across a diversified portfolio, such as U.S. stocks, international stocks, bonds, etc. And then eventually adds more of the bonds. It adds more of the bonds. And the reason that it does that as you get close to retirement is it creates some... Technically, because it didn't happen in 2022, no. in sort of a typical environment, what it does is, is create um, diversification in your portfolio so that if your stock side is down, your bond side might be more stable or, or even up. Uh, and then at times when your bonds go down, that your stocks are up. It doesn't work exactly like that, but that's kind of the intention. You're invested in two different asset classes that are doing two different things. On the bond side, you're getting paid interest, so the the price of the bonds goes up and down, but you're getting this these interest payments. Uh, and you know, in a perfect world, you would get to retirement, you'd have to use very little of your principal, and then just live off of the interest income from bonds plus the dividend income from your stocks, and that would basically be how you fund your retirement. It's not often the case anymore. You tap into some of the principal. The bonds allow that principle to be more stable over time, depending on the type of bonds, and the stocks are going to fluctuate more. So um, as investment advisors, if we're helping somebody through retirement, for instance, in their retirement, we might sell down their stocks to send them money for living expenses this year if their stocks are up. In years when stocks are down and bonds are up, we might actually sell some from the bonds. So it allows you to sort of 
have two assets that are performing. Yeah, as long as you don't have a year like 2022 where everything's down. 2022 was kind of an anomaly because we came in at basically zero interest rates and bonds. Yeah. And it's important to understand that interest rates and bond prices or the value of a bonds are inverse. So when in, when interest rates go down, um, such as when the Fed's trying to stimulate the economy or things like that, and the Fed doesn't control bond fund rates, but they control the Fed rate, which then ripples throughout the market, right? But when they lower the interest rates, then the price of bonds in the general market then has to go up Mm -hmm. so that the interest payments being paid out of those is reflective of what the lowering of what you would get if you bought a brand new one. Yeah. And so when interest rates then go up, then the prices of bonds have to go down because if you issued a year ago a, a bond at, you know, half of a percent interest rate for instance, and then now interest rates are 4%, the price that somebody will pay you for that bond has to go down such that that, that half a percent relative interest rate that they would have gotten on, say, $100, they're still going to get that same dollar amount in interest on that bond. But the price that they're willing to buy it from you has to reflect the interest rate that they could get in today's open market if they bought a new bond. I'm so confused. That was a really hard explanation to do without... A whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. So sorry for people who are driving in their cars trying to figure that out. Did you just start speaking Spanish in the middle of all of this? Check out Investopedia or something like that because there'll be good articles on being able to see how that works. That's going to be it's going to take visual for some people. So bonds play a role in a portfolio, especially for people who are withdrawing from their portfolio or are getting close to their goal. So for instance, when we when we've gotten close to a big financial goal in life. And maybe you're the same, you know, getting close to buying a car, getting close to uh, buying a house, you know, we're kind of keeping our eyes open now. We'll put those assets in a safe, safer investment right. that's not going to fluctuate. We won't, won't keep it in like Tesla stock or the S&P 500 or even a target date fund because we don't want to see it go down 10% in a month or something like that. We'll keep it in something safer. And so when you're getting close to a goal or you're withdrawing funds, that's when having something more stable comes into play. Yeah, I I think what you mentioned is that goal side is the key to to this entire situation. I mean, we talk about if you have a goal within five years, don't invest that money. And when we're saying don't invest that, that means don't invest it into something that your principal could go down significantly. You could invest that money, theoretically, in a treasury bond. If you know you're going to buy a car in two years and you put it in a two-year treasury, and you know that money is going to be essentially risk-free over that two-year time period, and you'll get a little bit of interest, that's okay. But if Val is saving the brokerage account for retirement that sounds like it's many years off, then she could be a little bit more aggressive in that account. It doesn't necessarily have to have bonds, but that depends on her risk tolerance and Mm -hmm. her overall plan as well. I think it's important that you look at the whole picture, and that's what a financial advisor does. I know I haven't mentioned it on this podcast so far, but we are sponsored by Jewel Financial. So we do work with people to evaluate these things and look at the total picture, look at your entire plan in order to figure out, does it make sense to have bonds in that account? Or should we earmark a portion of a brokerage account for a short-term goal, and then the rest is kind of long-term retirement centered or focused? Yeah, absolutely. We can't tell um, anybody via the podcast exactly what their allocation should be. Don't do that. For our uh, family, here's what we do. So we have our retirement allocations. We invest those in target date funds that line up with our 
roughly retirement goals. Then we have certain brokerage accounts that for me are really forever accounts. They're accounts that we really hope to be able to pass down to kids, et cetera, uh, in the future when we pass away. But someday we'll probably want to live off the dividends uh, of that to supplement maybe our retirement accounts or whatever mm-hmm. if we decide to retire early, whatever the case may be. So we're just building wealth with those accounts. They don't have an mm-hmm. expiration date. They're just wealth-building accounts. So in that, in those accounts, we invest in things that will build wealth over time. Companies that generate profit build wealth over time. Bonds do not. So in those particular accounts, for our family, we only really invest in stocks. Uh, now, we have funds set aside for a house. Um, those, that's in bonds. Those are in short-term, less-than-a-year bonds and or money market. But it's in a brokerage account. It's in account. a brokerage account, but yeah. it has a goal of this goal is coming up fairly soon, and so it's, it's safe for that. We have kids' education, uh, um, their school tuition, uh, that is in a brokerage account to you. But it has a maturity date. It's in a U.S. Treasury, so virtually risk-free, safe asset. But we owe tuition every summer, so they have a like a bond that comes due this next or this coming summer um, in 2023 in time, so that we can pay their tuition. And so it's generating some interest. Yeah. But it's going to be there and available when we need it. We also have one for a 2024 tuition next summer that matures. So you're aligning. It's not so much about should you or should you not own bonds. It's about what is your goal and are your dollars aligned with that. Yeah, and I I think uh, Val kind of mentioned too that she was wondering if she should add some diversification to that account as well, saying currently basically in the S&P 500, adding some international exposure or some smaller mid-cap exposure. It's okay to add those if it's your long-term and have some diversification across – equities you can you can add diversification there uh, but if it's that long-term wealth building account then you might not need bonds in there potentially yeah yeah so I, I think it's a, it's a really good question um, I don't know if we've mentioned this but brokerage account that we've used this whole this whole episode can be a lot of different accounts it's basically just a taxable account that's non-retirement so you may hear us on other episodes say taxable say a joint account which is in you and your spouse's name potentially or you and someone else or an individual account those are all forms of a brokerage account yeah, basically not a tax advantaged retirement account right is the difference yeah Perfect. All right, Val. Uh, great question. Keep sending us those audio questions to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. We've been getting some really great questions. You all have been keeping them at around about a minute. Um, make sure that you check out the special episode that we sent out. If you haven't already, uh, you might have to go back a little bit to listen to it. Quint actually interviewed some traveling gamblers. There's uh, some disclosures with that episode, but it's a really good episode. It's very interesting to hear a little bit more about her, their story and, and what they do. They actually go on cruise ships and, and gamble and all kinds of stuff. So it's a really, really interesting um, interview that Quint did. So make sure you check that out. All right, friends, uh, the secret to wealth is really very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. 
This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.